We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the Ish List, where we make lists about everything. Everything! Everything! Congratulations, bitches! You just made the list! Um, the music got CJ playing. Welcome to another edition of the Ish List. Uh, you know what we do here? We talk shit and we, <laughs> we we do top 10 lists basically or 10 best lists or a we list 10 things. Uh, today's list isn't necessarily going to be definitive in the that it's a top 10 list or even a best of list. Um, it's just going to be us talking about a topic that uh, we will discuss in a moment. Uh, over on the other side here, uh, first time on this show, but I've had her on my other show so many times. Uh, this is my um, wonderful friend, uh, one of the smartest women you will ever meet, um, author, speaker, uh, bounty hunter, forensic specialist, and just all-around Southern badass. Uh, this is Yvonne Mason. How are you? <laughs> I am always overjoyed to have you on here because I always have the most fun with you. So, <laughs> Well, you know, life is one, one minute at a time. That's all we have, so we might as well make the most of it. Yes, absolutely. I'm, you know, the older I get, the more I appreciate that. Like I used to, you know, I used to be the guy like, you know, next year, next year, next month. And now I'm just like, tomorrow, 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 you know, <laughs> well, what do you want to do next week? I was like, I don't know. Let's talk about it next week when next week actually gets here, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> At the rate I'm going, I'm not even sure I'm going to be here tomorrow, you know, so, um, you know. We just deal with the day and let tomorrow take care of itself. Yeah, like, like the old TV show they used to say, one day at a time. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, exactly right. So today, the list that uh, I presented Yvonne with a whole big giant list of different things, and the ones she chose uh, were the 10 worst things about the holidays and of course we're the holidays are upon us so to speak and um i'm sure many of these are going to be all of the reasons people dislike the holidays but you know who knows um we know the good things about the holidays but for a lot of us, the good things about the holidays are sometimes the bad things about the holidays. So, um, we're going to discuss what we don't like about the holidays. <laughs> Which, on my end, I could sum my list up with everything. Um, but, uh, we'll start with you. Um, reason number one that, or reason number one of the worst things about the holidays. Well, since we're not going in any particular order, I'm going to start with number 10, which is the insanity of it all. <laughs> yes, that is... Complete and total insanity. It's like, yes. especially here in South Florida, it's it's our season. 
And when I say our season, I'm talking about this is when all the Yankees and all the Canadians descend upon us en masse like they're migrant birds coming out of the north. <laughs> and when they, when they get down here, they act like it's their town, their city, and their, their state. And we're the interlopers. Well, the holiday season is even worse because they want everything yesterday. They want to be waited on yesterday. And when they don't get what they want yesterday, then they get kind of mean and nasty. And then you have the the normal people that live here. And growing up in Georgia, it was the same way. It, the holidays brings out the worst in people. Yes. Um. If, if, a, if a child wants a certain toy in that store, and, and in the environment we're in now where everything's in short supply, the store doesn't have that certain toy, that certain dress, that certain shirt, that certain purse, whatever that certain is, they blame it on the store. Well, it's not the store's fault. Yes. It's the insanity of it all. Yes. So that's and my number 10 worst things about the holidays. And for my list, number 10, I will echo her. I wrote the greed. <laughs> so pretty much exactly what she's saying. Just the pure insanity of it, of people lose their minds. Uh, you know, the day after being thankful, they will rush out and beat each other with shopping carts to get a $5 can opener. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that is my number 10 of... Yes, pretty much what she said. So <laughs> well, the, the sad part is, it's all it, it's all fleeting anyway. Yeah, and we act like it's it's a a insanity on steroids, and that we forget that it doesn't really matter. Two days after the holiday, it's going to be broke, lost, or stolen anyway. Yeah. It's, you know, I I always made jokes about it because growing up, you know, my grandma and my aunts and all that, they always did Black Friday stuff. And, you know, the men would always sit around and kind of, I don't want to say heckle, but, you know, they would kind of make fun of the women for going out and doing it and whatnot. And um, I never truly appreciated it uh, until... 2006, um, I was dating this girl named Kendra, and I was living in Little Rock. And we spent the night before for Thanksgiving uh, with her best friend and their family. And um, all during Thanksgiving dinner, you know, they they were in the garage. They had their game plan. Black Friday, we're going to go here, here, here. This person's going in this part. This per- I mean, it was a military operation. Okay, and I was like okay and uh you're driving and i was like why am i driving well i had a big i had a big dodge dakota or a big um durango i had room uh, so i was driving okay great uh <laughs> you know we went at 4 30 in the morning we were out in front of walmart and people were lined up and I was like, this is crazy. Why the hell am I awake at 4.30 in the morning? So, you know, what part do you want? And I was like, well, I don't want any part of it. I'm just the driver. Oh, no, you got to help. So I'm looking through the list, okay? And they've got, like, computers and TVs and different things. Kitchen section. Can opener. 
bread maker, I was like, you know what? Let me take this one because nobody's going to fight over can openers and bread makers, right? I uh, thought I, I'm I'm less likely to get killed trying to get a can opener than I am getting a TV or video game. So I mosey over. I'm in the aisle uh, <laughs> where the can openers are, and I'm only one of about two or three people over there. It's pretty smooth. I reach up to get this can opener off the shelf, and this old lady, she had to have been about 80 years old, turns the corner, full blast run, runs down the aisle, slams her cart into me, knocks me ass over tea kettle flat on the thing, snatches the can opener out of my hand, and she says, that's mine, and she walks away. And I'm looking at her like, you fuck, did I just get run down for a $10 can opener? I was like, what in the hell? So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm out. I go out to the van. Kendra calls me, and she's like, did you get the can opener? I was like, hell no. I had some old lady run me down with a cart. She's like, are you serious? She comes out, and I show her the mark on my hip where this woman just wailed my ass with this cart. And I was like, I didn't get it. It wasn't that serious. And she's like, what well, wasn't the only one on the shelf? I'm like, look, an old lady ran me down with a shopping cart. Getting another can opener wasn't real high on my list of priorities at that point, okay? Like, go get your own go get your own can opener. So we leave there, we go to Target, and she's like, well, what are you getting at Target? And I was like, I'm getting a nap, okay? Y'all go do your thing. I'm sitting my butt in the car. I will drive you anywhere you want to go, but I am not going in another store. And I have never gone Christmas shopping since then. <laughs> I'm, that brings me to number nine, which is they're just too material. We are so focused on material things that we forget what's important in life, yeah. and that is the people that we love, not the things that we can give them. <laughs> yeah. Or can't give them, as the case may be. Right. And being rude to others when... Everybody's on a journey, but because we have become so materialistic in, in our thought process, we think we can't live without a $10 can opener or a $250 Michael Kors purse or right. whatever the real thing of the moment is. My I number mean, nine... <clears throat> um. It's kind of the opposite of what you just said. Uh, <laughs> my number nine, I wrote the expectation of having to visit family. Um, not that I don't love my family, um, and not that I don't mind going, but I hate that it is just automatically expected that you're going to show up and that you're going to stay and hang out uh, even when you have other things you have to do and other places, you know, other family members to visit. And um, even when it's uncomfortable being around certain family members who are toxic and people know they're toxic and they still expect you to go there and be nice to them. Um, and that really drives me crazy because um, I know growing up, you know, we were always expected to go to Grandma Kaster's house. Loved going to Grandma Kaster's house, but Grandma Kaster always invited Uncle Rick. 
and Uncle Rick always had the racist jokes and he always had the ignorant things to say and he was always going to get drunk and start to fight and it just made it miserable to go to Christmas dinner at her house because you knew Uncle Rick was going to be there and, you know, (laughs) I hated Uncle Rick because you knew he was going to ruin dinner and he would do the most outrageous stuff to start trouble. He did it on purpose, you know, because that was his way of getting attention. Um, My Aunt Sue, who is from Laos, uh, married to my Uncle Tim, he got drunk one Christmas dinner and announced to the whole Christmas thing, if anyone's missing a family pet, you can probably find them over on the buffet table. And, of course, that led to my Uncle Tim kicking my Uncle Rick in the face and, you know, <laughs> battle royal. Because, you know, it's not bad enough that you insult his wife, but you do it in the most vile, racist way that you can imagine, making fun of her being, you know, Asian. And it was just, my Uncle Rick always did that. So I, I hate that expectation that you're going to show up just because it's family Otherwise, you don't love them or you don't respect them or or something along that line. And um, I'm okay with telling people no. If I tell you no, I'm telling you no. Take it or leave it. I just <laughs> I don't care. Doesn't matter either way. Why? Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not gonna put myself in a situation I'm uncomfortable with or my kids are uncomfortable with. Um, I know Heather used to get pretty upset with me because I wouldn't go to her dad's house for. Christmas. It's like I told you, your dad hates me. Well, he doesn't hate you. He doesn't know you. Your dad and I almost got into a fight in the parking lot of a truck stop the first time I met him. I think that would pretty much quantify as not liking each other. You probably don't want us together at the Christmas table, you know? And she's like, well, it's because you were smart with him. He made a racist comment to your children who are Hispanic. Well, it wasn't directed at them. No, he used the N-word in front of your Hispanic children. Well, he wasn't talking about Hispanic people. And I'm looking at her the same way I looked at her dad, you know, because I was kind of like, wait, what? Did you really just say something that stupid? Because her dad didn't get it either. Her dad was like, well, it's not the same thing. And my remark to her dad was, oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I misunderstood. What did you misunderstand? You're an idiot? I thought it was just, I thought thought you had the normal form of racism. That was my misunderstanding. You've got that rare form of 1886 Oklahoma stupid racism. You hear about it all the time, but you don't really see it that much. So it kind of caught me off guard. Oh, that just pissed him off. He wanted to fight right then because I insulted him so bad. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. And I was like, Sorry, bro, like, you're the one standing in a truck stop parking lot using the N-word in front of your Hispanic children or your Hispanic grandchildren. It's bad enough you use it in front of your grandchildren. It's even worse the fact that they're Hispanic. And then quantify it by saying, well, they're not black. No, they're brown. It's the same freaking thing, moron. (laughs) Like, you don't call any minority out of their name it doesn't matter if they're Asian. You still don't use the N-word in front of Asian people. It's, common sense would tell you that. You know, 
Yeah, well, right now we're severely lacking in that. Yeah, yeah. Endeavor. But, yeah, that long-winded number nine expectation of having to, you know, or being expected to. You're just going to well, be there. And, and that all segues into my number eight, which is false cheer. I mean, we have to go to these places that we don't want to be and pretend that we're happy. Yes. Yes. And that, yes. That to me, that that I just soon not go because I'm more miserable trying to put on a face than I am if I just stayed at home. Yes. And and that is basically what I was trying to say in a much more concise and uh, better way. Um, <laughs> that's definitely it. I just, I, I don't do faults here. I, I really don't. Oh. I'd rather just be home and be left alone and um, call me the Grinch if you want. I don't care, but, you know. Oh, he's my favorite character. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so number seven for me is having to cook big meals. I, I love cooking, but I hate... Again, the expectation of that you're going to cook this big, fancy meal and have 37 dishes that are mostly going to end up getting thrown away because nobody's going to want to take the leftovers home. And then you're going to get stuck with all this crap in your refrigerator and it's going to sit there and eventually end up in the garbage can. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty basic. You know, I make ham, deviled eggs and macaroni salad. That's my Christmas dinner. I'm happy with it. You know, <laughs> don't don't come to my house expecting stuffing, green bean casserole, cranberry sauce, and mashed potatoes, gravy, and all that other crap. You're going to be sorely disappointed. So, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, I've been cooking since I'm 70. I've been cooking for 65 years. So I finally got to quit cooking. But when the children would come to the house for holiday meals, I didn't mind cooking it because they took it all home with them. And that would be and that would be fine. I don't have that you know, I don't have that pleasure, I guess. Like I make a bunch of crap and it just gets thrown away cuz it you know, people will eat it. Um I have a horrible habit of making too much food anyways. Um and it comes from years of cooking for a big family and then when I was Bye. married, you know, so now like even now I made goulash the other day. And <laughs> I don't put a damn bowl of goulash in there. You know, it was one of them big bowls that you get at Walmart. And it was going to spoil. And I, the neighbor was outside. And I was like, hey, do you all like goulash? And he was like, I love goulash. And I was like, here. <laughs> and he's like, well, you don't have to do that. And I was like, well, I said, it can go in your belly or it can go in the trash. Either way, it's sitting in my refrigerator, taking up space I need and... You know, we're kind of done eating it, so, um, you know, <laughs> so so now if I have too many leftovers, I just take them next door because, you know, he's got his mom in a wheelchair and his three sons, so they just eat it. Well. Yeah, like, you know, so they eat it, and, um, but yeah, I'm horrible at making small meals, you know. I just, I mean to make small ones, but I just, my brain just automatically be like, you need this much macaroni. And then I cooked the macaroni and I realized, shit, I made about three times as much macaroni as I actually needed. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's mine. It's having, having to cook. <laughs> um, 
Next well, for you. Can, well, you can always take it to the food banks where they're serving dinners. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> we we actually have a, the interface shelter here. It's like a homeless shelter. Uh, but they actually do their own big meals. So um, that's part of the reason I don't because, you know, I know they would take it, but probably wouldn't be enough for them. But anyways. <laughs> Yeah. They have a face they tickle to death. Yeah. Um, Mike would actually end up making fun of me because Mike knows. And see, and that's the other thing was when I lived at the shelter here many years ago, uh, I worked with Mike in the kitchen. So one of the first real cooking jobs I had was preparing meals for the shelter, and they serve about 600 people per day. Um, so it was cooking for 600 people. <laughs> Yeah, so when I make macaroni, my mentality is still, hey, we're making macaroni for 600 people. (laughs) You know? And the other thing is, too, you know, when I make macaroni and cheese, I pull my box of macaroni out. You know, it says 12 ounces. 12 ounces ain't that much. Pour it in the thing. Well, 12 ounces of macaroni is about eight cups of macaroni, which is way more than you need yeah. yeah, so, you know, it doesn't look like a lot when I start, but, you know, then I end up with a roaster pan full of freaking goulash or macaroni and cheese, you know, and I'm like, yep, I'll be eating this for the next six and a half weeks. <laughs> Anywho, moving along, number four for you, or number six, number or whatever. Four, you number, seven, number seven. Or is it number seven? Yeah, so you can't even keep up. <laughs> yeah, it is number seven. I actually have my list backwards, sorry. Oh, um, I, oh I got you. I got mine from one to ten, so. Commercial propaganda. <sighs> yes. Yep. That's We're inundated from way before Thanksgiving. I mean, way before Thanksgiving. We're inundated on ads and, and store windows and yada, yada, yada about buying those material things that you absolutely can't live without. And it, 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 we're conditioned to pay attention. Yes. And, and uh, I hate it. Yes. And for the next one on my list, I will again reiterate her. Uh, I actually wrote the constant barrage of Black Friday ads. Um, so, yes. I once again echo... <laughs> <laughs> I once again echo the great one because uh, that was on my list. So, yes, we'll go with that one next. Uh, <laughs> so go ahead with your next one because you pretty much just said mine word well, for word. my next one is, is pretending that all is right in, in my world when it isn't. And it goes back to being with family and friends. If you're in, like, in my case, I'm still grieving for Jack. So if I'm right. invited to for the holidays, they expect me to put on this smile and pretend like all is well in my world when it isn't. So I just prefer to stay home in my little house and with nobody around because you know me. I don't put on a front. Right. And all is not well in my world. My world is my world. It is the cards I'm dealt, it is the hand I'm playing, but that doesn't mean that all is well in my world. 
And I, I think it is just wrong for people to say, well, it's, it's time to move on. It's time to get over it. It's been three years. It's time. And, and this is not just for me. This is for everybody. Anyone that's out there that's grieving. It's yeah. time. And it can be a divorce. It can be death. It can be separation. It can be a multitude of things. It's time for this. It's time for that. It's been way too long. Well, that's not necessarily true. We yeah. never move on. We may move forward, but we don't move on because if we moved on, that means that they didn't exist. Yeah. And it's weird it can hit you. Like, I know. At first, the divorce was hard, uh, but I have moved on with it because I've come to realize after everything that's been said and done that I have to. Um, right. I don't want to be trapped in the toxicity of it. Um but like the death of our daughter, um, even 11 years later, for the most part, I'm okay the majority of the time. But there are still certain songs, certain little things. Um, uh, when I hear, um, when I hear the song Skin by 6 a.m., um, you know, I break down and cry because it's just one of them songs that is kind of about that. You know, the, the you know the, the the gist of the song is you know they should really get to know you. You are not your skin, um, right? And Rosalind having died of trisomy thirteen with you know the extra finger and the cleft lip and the other deformities, um, that song hits really hard for me. So, uh, you know, I don't intentionally listen to it, but when I hear it, it just kind of really hits hard, even 11 years later and gets you thinking and you remember and, um, you know, you you never really get over losing a child uh, the same as I imagine you feel with Jack, you know. Um, So, yeah, you know, I... You know, if you get over it, it means they never existed. You, we move forward from it. Right. But getting over it means they were never in our lives. Your daughter was in your life for a moment in time. Right. You have that memory. Jack was in my life for a moment in time. He was part of my life for a moment in time. I have that memory. And like you, there's certain things that certain certain songs certain smells certain photos certain things that strike a chord and it it wells it up all over again and it doesn't mean that i am an unhappy person i'm not right but the, this holiday was from thanksgiving to christmas that was his favorite time of year the man lived for it nice when, when i able the entire front yard and inside the house was decorated so that people would stop in front of the house to, to look take pictures but I don't do that anymore it's too painful right no I, I totally understand and get that because I you know yeah for sure so, so when somebody says get over it I want to throat punch <laughs> More so than on an average normal day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, 
The next thing on my list, um, I wrote crowded stores. Um, the glut of people that are in stores. Um, not just the crazy thing, but just the sheer amount of people that think it is necessary to go out and linger in stores for whatever reason. And um, also you have the added, one of the things that, the current things that drives me freaking crazy. You go to Walmart, these personal shoppers. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if they call them personal shoppers, but the the people at Walmart that are hired essentially to go around and get the groceries. You know, right. they really need to train these people to put those stupid carts in the side of an aisle. They are always in the middle of the aisle. They're always lingering looking for something. You can never get through the freaking aisle because of them. And there's always like eight of them in a single aisle. And it's like, look, I'm going to throw a punch somebody because all I want is peanut butter. And I don't want to have to run an obstacle course to get a freaking jar of Jiffy. Okay? It should not take me 20 minutes of waiting for eight of these people to meander their way down the thing to get your freaking Nutri-Crunch, extra-low, low-fat, soy, whatever the hell it is. It it's, drives me crazy, and it's the same with just the overall. Well, like, I don't like big your, crowds. Um, well, I don't either, and and that that segues into <laughs> the same people that are crowding the stores are spending are spending money they don't really have. They'll run up yes. credit card debt in the thousands of dollars just so little Johnny can have the latest game box or the latest iPhone. And they're not even school age yet. Yes. What happened to Legos and building blocks? Or just so many things, man. Like, oh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, The next thing I have on my list, cold weather. I don't, the older I get, the more I dislike cold weather. Um, Growing up, I loved snowmobiling. I loved building snowmen. Uh, the older I get, uh, every time it gets like it is outside right now where it's snowing and it gets down into the, you know, 20s and the 15s and the 10s, uh, I ask myself, why the hell did I ever move back from Arkansas? <laughs> that's, why, that's why I live in Florida. And, you know, I'm telling you, you can ask the little one. I keep telling myself, I'm going to end up in Florida. I just, I have so many friends there. I have so many things I know it's more expensive to live there, but I just don't want to be around cold weather anymore. I just want to be someplace where we can go have fun and I have shows and concerts that can be available to go see. I want to live somewhere where the political climate isn't completely freaking insane, uh, which is what keeps me from moving to California because as much as I would love the weather in California, the political uh, climate is just absolute insanity. Um, You know, and Florida hasn't completely lost their mind yet. So, (laughs) it depends on what part of Florida. Well, right. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, cold weather. That's my next answer. Is um, I, I'm tired of cold weather. So. Well, my next one is sappy movies. <laughs> okay. All these 
and and I've watched my share of Hallmark Christmas movies just because I was bored and and it was mindless TV and I didn't have to think about it. And they all have the same beginning, middle, and end. You know how it started. You know what's going to be in the moment. You know yeah. how it's going to end. Right. And the, sometimes the dialogue is laughable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget, no, the sappy movies. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I I stick with my three holiday mainstays uh, for Christmas movies. Uh, that's Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, those are my three Christmas movies. <laughs> you know? And Die Hard, Die Hard, and Lethal Weapon are uh, Die Hard, Die Hard Two, and Lethal Weapon are cult classics for Christmas. Those yes. are classic Christmas movies. Yeah, I we had a discussion the other day. Somebody said Lethal Weapon's not a Christmas movie, and I was like, uh, Have you watched Lethal Weapon? And they're like, Well, yeah, but it's not. I was like, Uh scene in the very beginning where he comes out of a truck where he's making the drug deal it's in a lot giant lot filled with christmas trees and then the scene at the end where rudger or uh uh gary Busey he drives the car through the window and what's he do he drives over the giant christmas tree <laughs> you know and, and the opening song is christmas music I guess I've never noticed that, but but yeah, like you know, it's a, it's, it's a Christmas movie as much as you know the the um, Die Hard. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, and then Silent Night, Deadly Night. If you've never seen that, that's just a great classic slasher film. That you know, Santa's a. Uh, it's the uh, let's just say Santa turns into Michael Myers. I guess that's the best way to describe that one. Uh, if you've never oh. seen. Um, it takes place in an orphanage. Basically, the kid, you know, ends up killing a bunch of the nuns at the orphanage for abusing them, and then he turns into an adult. And um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> you know. okay, don't have experience, but I've heard many stories that Catholic nuns uh, can do that to you. So um, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the next one on my list was the music. Um, I dislike traditional Christmas music, but on the flip side of it, I also have my own playlist on Spotify. Hint, hint. Uh, you can look up uh, the Twisted Christmas Ultimate Playlist. And I have my own playlist of Christmas music done the way that I think it should be done. Um which is full of hilarious comedy bits and metal versions of Christmas songs and, and punk versions of Christmas songs and um, tongue-in-cheek um, songs. Like, there's a band out of St. Louis whose name I won't say, uh, but um, instead of Deck the Halls, uh, all of their songs are basically about drinking beer. Um, so their version is Deck the Bars. <laughs> so it's very... It's why it's called the Twisted Christmas <laughs> playlist. Um, you know, it's uh, I have a, a couple of friends out of Little Rock. I have an amazing band uh, called Bombay Black. Um, uh, during Christmas, uh, Bombay Black becomes the Screaming Santas. And they do a yearly uh, charity ball. Uh, where all the money goes to Toys for Tots. And they all get together and they perform basically 
pumped up, revved up versions of Christmas songs as the screaming Santas. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm okay with listening to Christmas music in that form, but I really don't ever want to hear Bing Crosby sing White Christmas again or who the hell ever it was that sang White Christmas. And I uh, definitely don't want to hear Mariah Carey ever screech another version of any Christmas song. Uh, so, <laughs> you know. Well, and, and that segues into mine, which is we skip from Halloween to Christmas and forget Thanksgiving altogether. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, okay, we're moving, and, and that encompasses all of the propaganda, all of the in-your-face ads, all of the Black Fridays, let's rush out. Well, some stores are even open on Thanksgiving, so we rush through dinner and then rush out to the stores. Yeah, it's, you know, it used to be they closed and then opened back up, but now they're getting to the point where they don't even close. They're just yeah. like, you know, they'll they'll put everything in the middle of the aisle and cover it with plastic. And then at like 7 o'clock, they're like, all right, here you go, boom. You know, and it's yeah. like, you can't even like give people like a few hours off now. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, Maybe the almighty dollar has struck again. Yes. Um, the next one on mine is more, more of one for the little one than for me, but... Um, uh, Pizza delivery takes forever because everyone's out shopping and nobody wants to cook. So everybody orders pizza. So what normally takes 20 minutes for a pizza takes three freaking hours to get a damn pizza. Uh, So (laughs) that's the next one on my list is pizza delivery takes too damn long. Uh, (laughs) You're, 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 you're messing up the pizza delivery schedule. They need to order the pizza and pick it up on the way home. They need to uh, something. Hire extra drivers or, you know, in, in DoorDash and, and Food Hub and all of these other damn services that they have. They just exaggerate it because now it's like you used to bypass that by like, okay, I'll just go pick the pizza up. Cut out the middleman. Well, you can't even do that now because now when you go to Little Caesars, you got 15 of these assholes standing at the counter waiting for their damn deliveries to pick up so they can go deliver it for Karen, who wanted 32 pizzas, six breadsticks, and four Cokes. Like, look, Karen, you don't have to feed every kid in the neighborhood, okay? You don't need 32 pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a pizza party. <laughs> I, you know, I... I see it now. When I was in foster care, my, my last about year or so in foster care, we used to have these parties. And there was this place where we lived called Pizza Chef. And Pizza Chef always had these monster deals on pizza where the more pizza you ordered, the cheaper it was. And if you ordered 10 pizzas... You could get your pizzas for $3 a piece. So we would order like 30 pizzas at a time because it came out roughly to right around $100. I never realized how obnoxious that was until recently when I went to get pizza and somebody was in there getting like 22 pizzas and I wanted to punch them. And then I thought about me doing it as a teenager and I thought, 
God, I bet people wanted to punch me in my fucking head having to wait for them to make my dirty pizzas. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it now. I'm sorry uh, to uh, whoever it was that had to make like 30 pizzas at one time. Um, I'm sure you what? probably cringed and wanted to come to the house to kick my ass. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I will. Not only people are not getting off work going home, yeah. they're getting off work and going shopping. Yes. And, and down here, it is it is like the Indy 500 on steroids. Because down here, all traffic laws are just suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so wait, I, I, I didn't realize Atlanta was in Florida. <laughs> God dang. But it's, wor- it's worse than Atlanta. Mm. If you want to go 50 miles an hour on the street in front of my house, the traffic sign says 35. Not a problem. It's just a suggestion. If you choose to go 35, you'll get cussed out, but okay. <laughs> I, might, I might want to reconsider Florida then, because <laughs> I always make fun of Atlanta. Um I've only been to Atlanta one time, actual Atlanta. I've been through Atlanta a few times, uh, but I've only been to Atlanta one actual time. Um, I had a friend who uh, was a DJ at the Cheetah Club. Now, if you've never been to Atlanta, you don't know what the Cheetah Club is, look it up. I won't go into it. Um, it was right a long time. Yeah, so uh, John was a DJ at the Cheetah Club. He invited me to come down, hang out. We were going to go to a concert. He warned me ahead of time, whatever you do, do not come into Atlanta after 3 p.m. Make sure you get there early. No problem. I leave Michigan. I'm on schedule. Somewhere along the line, I blew a damn tire. I had to stop, change the tire on the side of the highway, blah, blah, blah. I rode into Atlanta at 325. I thought somebody dropped a bomb in the center of town and everybody was leaving at the same time. (laughs) I was like, what? You know. Nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I was like, what in the fuck is going on? Like, did somebody die? Is there an accident? No, there's no accident. It's just normal Atlanta traffic. Couldn't get over to the next lane. Nobody was going to let you over. You know, I'm asking people, can I please get over? I get the middle finger back, like, screw you. And I'm like, you know, and John's like, where are you at? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm on 75 coming in. And he's like, dude, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I had a flat tire, and I explained it to him. And he's like, tell you what. Um, He's like, here's what you do. He's like, some kind of way, just ease your car over to the rightmost lane. Um, he's like, get off at that exit, and I will come pick you up. <laughs> it was like, awesome. <laughs> so I managed after about an hour and a half to make it to an exit. <laughs> you know? that, I, I, that's how I learned how to drive was in Atlanta traffic, so I can deal with these idiots. Ugh. And and at 285 around Atlanta, I used to love driving it, but now it's like left turn, left, you're only doing a left turn only because these people fly around that thing at 120 miles an hour. 
when it's not gridlocked. Right. I know. I, I've only done it that one time. And um, now I make it a rule of thumb that if I have to come down south, I will go well out of my way to avoid Atlanta. Um, you know, so I... I would much drive in Atlanta traffic than drive these <laughs> I, I Especially during the season. Yeah. And, and, and the funny thing about me... Uh, I'm okay driving on icy roads. I grew up driving on icy country roads, dirt roads, gravel roads, whatnot. I can do 100 down a gravel road and have nerves of steel. But I don't like large. I don't like driving in Chicago. I don't like driving in Atlanta. Uh, Indianapolis is a freaking nightmare to drive in. I don't know if you've ever driven through Indianapolis. Dumbest highway setup of any place I've ever been to. I don't know who designed the roads um, yeah, like, I don't know who designed the roads in Indianapolis, um, but I promise you, if you're listening and I ever meet you, I am going to hold you down and beat you with a pillowcase full of ball peen hammers. Uh, <laughs> I just, I hate Indianapolis. Um, you know, in, in, in Atlanta and, and Florida's gotten just as bad. If, if you, let's say on Monday, you go through the 75-85 interchange. Well, up here, you do 95 or the turnpike. You go through there one day. Well, the next day, if you go through there, they've moved the lanes or they've moved the signs, and it's to always make sure that people are on their toes they're not asleep at the wheel. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's fun. Yeah. It's interesting. So we'll we'll segue that in into just saying again. I reiterate what she said. The next one on my list was the traffic. Um, yes, I, I wholeheartedly, you know, I hate holiday traffic. It, I have a hard time seeing at night because of the glare of the headlights, and it gets really really bad uh, during Christmas time because you have so many cars um, to the point where. I have a hard time. I always stay in the far. I stay as far right as possible because I have a hard time differentiating the middle line because of the glare of lights. And then my left eye will just kind of start twitching a little bit uh, because of it. Um, So, yeah, I rule of thumb. I generally don't drive at night during the winter season or the holidays. Um, I don't really like driving in the daytime either. Um, I don't like taking the bus, but. Luckily, we have a good bus system where I live, and it is preferable to having to drive with or having to deal with the idiots driving. So, um, yeah, my next answer was the traffic. So, uh, please continue. (laughs) Well, my last one is is a little on the serious side because I've been in this world a long time, and there is an uptick from right before Thanksgiving until after the new year. There's an uptick in suicides, homicides, and domestic oh, abuse. Yeah. I didn't even think about and, that. More more suicides, yeah. homicides, and abuse are, are committed yes. during holiday season than at any other time. And for various reasons. PTSD, uh, no money, alcohol, yes. drug abuse. Uh, burglaries, dealing robberies. with people, dealing with people like my uncle Rick. <laughs> See, that could be 
justifiable, though, when you think about it. Uh, <laughs> forced family gatherings that create this toxic environment. Right. <clears throat> so a season that's supposed to be quote-unquote happy turns into a royal nightmare. Yeah. Because you have all these people in too small a space with all these personalities and all these attitudes then you have people with PTSD that don't handle crowds well, like me. Yeah. And you have men and women that want to take all of their anger or whatever out on their spouse or, or significant other or even their children during this time. So, no, this is not a happy time of year for a lot of people. Yeah. Let's see. And that, I sat here... I, I the first seven were really simple for me. I was like, okay, this, 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 and this. Then when I hit seven, I was like, oh man, I can't think of, I couldn't think of three other ones. And that, you know, that never entered my mind. It is absolutely, it's true. Um, statistics. If you know, if you're one of them people that you know, show me the proof. Any website, you know, police website, FBI, anything will will justify or will show you that it absolutely is true that crime does spike during the holidays uh, for suicide or it spikes for domestic violence and theft. Uh, but uh, suicides also jump way up um, other, you know, self-harm uh, crimes. Hospitals deal with far more of these incidences. Um, so, yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> and and that, that, that's what makes this holiday not so merry and bright. Yeah. Because when you take into consideration everything else that we've talked about, the traffic, the materialism, the propaganda, everything else that we've talked about, the, the stress that we as individuals put on ourselves to make sure that this one particular day is the best day of all. It's no wonder that it results in negative behavior. Right. Right. Yes. And so. there are hotlines, ladies and gentlemen, for domestic violence. Yes. For suicide prevention, for people with PTSD. And, and find, if you find yourself in that position, find the number, find someone, find a safe place. Because I really get tired of reading about it. Yes, a hundred percent reiterated. Um, I'll end my list on the. I wrote it's impossible to find even the basic stuff because people lose their mind. Kind of circling back to number one, um, even little things like toilet paper, paper towel, garbage bags. You know, people <laughs> just lose their mind, and you know when you go to get even the basic stuff. You know, Karen has bought, you know, 12 things of solo cups because she's going to need them for her big office party. And it's like, come on, Karen, I just wanted some cups so I don't have to wash all my glassware at Christmas. You know, I don't want to spend Christmas night doing a whole freaking load of thing and I can't get any. And it's it's really compared to what you just said, it's really, really petty. And it's really it almost makes me embarrassed to say it because. You know, it really. But, that, but again, that can lead to yes. a violent encounter yeah. in a store. 
yeah, it, you know. Um, and, and especially now in the environment that we've been in for the past two years, yes. people's tempers and ability to withhold their inner anger yeah. is short-lived. Yeah. And it doesn't take much to set somebody off. So, yeah. so you go in a grocery store and you just want one sleeve of Solo Cups and somebody's bought the entire shelf out and you've been to 12 different stores yeah. and you've wasted three hours of your life you'll never get back. Yeah, it, it could set one off. Yeah, it uh, definitely. Um, so that is the that is our list of the 10 worst things about the holidays. Um, obviously, please keep in mind this is is mostly tongue in cheek. This is mostly us just airing our gripes, but at the same time, take into account that some of these were serious. That you know maybe you don't realize you do what you do or how your behavior affects somebody. It's little things that can affect people. Also keep in mind on a positive note from this that little things can go a long way on the positive side. I said this in an interview I just did previous to this. If you're standing in line, maybe you're at the gas station, you're getting gas, you're getting a soda, you're getting chips, the person in front of you, they're 32 cents short. And you hear them say, hey, let me run to my car and get the change. Give them the 32 cents so they don't have to go to their car and make that extra trip. It's 32 cents. It's not going to break, make or break you for the most part. If you don't have it, you don't have it. I get it. But look, if you can afford the 32 cents, make their day by saying, hey, you know what? Let me, let me give you the 32 cents because, you know, little things like that can completely change the trajectory of someone's day, of their mood, of their belief in humanity you know of hey there are still good people there still are courteous people there still are people that are willing to go out of their way even for simple something as simple as 32 cents you know are you um, letting somebody go in line ahead of you yes that that is such a big thing with me i i as a rule of thumb will almost always I go into the grocery store, two things that I know I do that drive people crazy. And I really don't care because <laughs> to me, it's a common courtesy thing. One is that is letting people go ahead of me. If they have less stuff for me. Now, if I have six or seven things and you have two things, that's yeah. But I know right now, if I've got $150 worth of groceries and you're in line behind me with two Mountain Dew and a ham, I'm letting you go, especially if you're older than me or any of that sense. Um, but two things I am adamant about. One, I hate people who rush you through the line, that get right up on you with a shopping cart that kind of push you forward, nudge you, nudge you, nudge you like they're in a hurry. Look, when I'm standing in line at the grocery store, I am on my clock. So I will put my stuff on the conveyor belt when the next person's is rung up and in their bag. So don't feel the need to 
nudge me with the shopping cart because my rule of thumb is is if I can reach my arms out to my side and I can touch you, you are too close to me or I'm too close to you. I'm in your business. And I'm not going to move faster just because you want me to. And I I just, I won't do it. That's my rule of thumb in any store. Um, I also have this weird thing I do, and a lot of people ask me about it. When I'm walking down the aisle, if a female is coming towards me, like on my left side, as they walk past me, I will put my arm behind my back, kind of like this. Um, And people have asked, why do you do that? Because in today's society, um, not just the Me Too thing, but I don't want my hand unintentionally uh, rubbing against them, touching them in a way that they are uncomfortable with. And to avoid that even accidentally, I automatically put my hand and my arm behind my back so that it is out of the way and can't be, you know, if I and bumped or anything like that. My hand and arm is behind my back and it cannot rub against them in any uncomfortable way. Um, And it's a mental thing for me. Like I just, I do it automatically now. I don't even think about it. Um, Right. The same as if I'm walking down an aisle and someone's standing there looking, I say, excuse me as I pass them. Because that was something we were always taught to do is when you walk past someone in a store, you say, excuse me. Um, why? They're just standing there looking. Well, it doesn't matter. You're walking through their line of sight. You say, excuse me. It's common courtesy. Doesn't take any time, <laughs> you know, but it lets them know you have manners. Um, so remember little things like that. I, and I don't mean to be preachy. I really don't. But um, these they're, they're kind of my rule of thumbs. So, Well, especially during this. I call it the silly season because people not only get stupid, they get silly. And if you really believe that this is a happy holiday, then let it show in your behavior, your actions, your words, thoughts, and deeds. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's kind of summed up in a nutshell what I'm trying to kind of get at. Um, Remember that for all the craziness, you can put positive out there. You know, you can demonstrate that people do still have morals and they do that they don't completely lack common sense, that there's still a few of us that aren't looking to run you down with a card over a toaster. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there still are a few of us that are going into stores to buy stuff and we're kind of like, you know what? Not that serious. Um we're, we're okay with it. Like if we can't get that toaster, we'll get another brand. Or if we can't get a, if we can't get you a toaster, then maybe you'll get a panini maker, Um, you know, or a waffle maker or something. Uh, If you don't like it, just take it back. You don't have to tell us. We'll be okay with it. I promise. I'm not going to come to your house looking to be like, Hey man, I don't see that panini maker. I I bought you. I don't care. It was more of the thought than whether I'm, think you're that serious about making a panini, you know? <laughs> like, but, but if you get a panini maker and you really wanted to toast to be gracious when you receive it. Well, right. I, I mean, obviously, right. Um, thank you and be gracious. Don't say, well, that's not what I wanted. Well, right, exactly. I mean, that's a given, but um, I don't know if you remember a song from a, a few years back. Um, Bobby Gaynor, 
um, he he was one of the writers for the Roseanne show, and um, he he wrote this very comical song called "Stop Giving Me Crap for Christmas," and he basically the whole song was him talking about you know giving like. Uh, anything from Ron Papil and Billy the Singing Bass and, and all of the horrible gifts that people give. And he did it in this comical way. And it's one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time. Um, I still listen to it. You know, it come out in the 90s, I think the middle 90s or something. And um, still one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time. It was, it's so funny, so tongue-in-cheek. But, um, you know, it was... Funny, I guess, in a way, because Bobby wasn't actually a real musician. Um, he was actually a TV show writer who just happened to be able to sing. And I guess Tom Arnold brought the subject up in one of their writers' meeting or writers' meetings. Somebody had bought him this horrible gift, and Tom didn't know how to tell the person to, you know, stop getting him stuff for Christmas because he bought him crap that he never used and. And Bobby's like, you know, started just writing this song. And Tom's like, you should record that. So Bob and Tom and, and, you know, Rosie basically went to a recording studio and they recorded this, stop giving me crap for Christmas. (laughs) So, um, you know, thankfully Roseanne didn't sing on it. She was only there. Um, But uh, if you go on YouTube and look up Bobby Gaynor, um, there's actually a video of him telling the whole story about it and, um, you know, how originally Roseanne was supposed to uh, sing on it. But thankfully, you know, the Christmas angels made that where it couldn't happen. And, you know, it was really a Christmas miracle in itself because um, heaven forbid that there was actually a Roseanne Christmas song uh, in existence. That would be the cruelest Christmas gift of all. <laughs> so. Um, with that said, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, this is the 10 worst things about the holidays. Miss uh, Yvonne Mason, before we go, tell them where to find you. Um, your off the chain show, your books, all the other amazing things that you do. Oh, let's see. I'm on Facebook under Yvonne Mason, Yvonne Sewell, off the chain. Um, you can listen to our off the chain radio show on blog talk radio on Monday and Tuesday nights. We interview indie artists, indie authors, and all just as an aside, all the indie artists that we have interviewed on my show the first time around and this time around. And I think, you know, this Chris, they are going places they never thought they would go. Yeah. And they're so courteous. I, I made my country list, um, for the top things and, and Jeremy Jeremy was on there cause he did his CD last year. And, um, a lot of people, you know, they like the post, they share the post. Jeremy actually sent me a private message of how much he has appreciated me liking his music and what we've done for him. And, you know, I told Yvonne about him and Yvonne's had him on the show a couple of times. And, uh, Jeremy is such a, such a wonderful, wonderful guy. And, um, Humble. Yes, and so if you, uh, we're talking about Jeremy Parsons. Uh, he's a country singer, absolutely amazing artist. His new record is so phenomenal, even better than his first one, uh, which is hard to believe because his first one was so uh, damn near flawless. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of the reason we do that is is people like that that 
you know, they, there's a necessity for it that big radio, mainstream radio isn't going out of its way to really help anybody. Um, so we, yeah, so we do it (laughs) and we get to meet amazing people because of it. You know, we're, we're, we're so thankful that we get to work with these artists who are so deserving and there's so many of them, you know, you could name them forever. Um, but yeah, you know, just whoever you are. Also under Yvonne's soul, I have two clothing lines. Okay. I have an art site where all my art goes up and on my art site, you can put just about anything that's my art on, on the stuff that they have listed like stickers and coffee mugs and oh, nice. cases. Galaxy case, Samsung Galaxy cases, shower curtains, shirts, Ooh. plus the art itself, you know, on, on metal or canvas or wood. So it's on, that's on Fine Art America under Yvonne Sewell. But I also have two clothing sites. One is on La Giselle and one is on Vita. So they can go and check it all out there. So, yeah, just pull up Yvonne Mason or Yvonne Sewell. You'll find me everywhere. Awesome. My books are also on Amazon. Yes. Amazing, amazing books. Uh, They're under Yvonne. Yes. So uh, this is Miss Yvonne Mason. Always a pleasure to have you. Um, Will not be the last time, I promise. If you go back to my history, she's been on my shows a few times. I've been on her shows a couple times. Um, I don't really nearly ever deliver nearly as much as she does, but, you know, I just do what I do. I talk. (laughs) So... But Grandma used to say, I like the sound of my own voice. So <laughs> we, we have our own talents. Yes. Um, but we're going to wrap this up. And uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. Uh, until then, be well. Treat each other with kindness. And, um, you know, don't be a oh, don't don't be a douchebag if you're out there. Just act like you're, you know, act like your granny taught you something. So <laughs> hopefully your granny did teach you something. Uh, This is the Ish List, and we're out.